Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Sports Radio 92.7 FM. We're with you for the next couple of hours. Big thanks to Sam Farber hopping on with us to talk about the Charlotte Hornets and their game last night against the Phoenix Suns. We'll switch gears, go back to the Carolina Panthers coaching surge. And the game that I want to play is listing one through nine, all of the candidates that are here. The Carolina Panthers have come out and said they're not going to interview any more candidates. Right now they're on their second wave of interviews. Steve Wilkes, Frank Reich, they've both been granted second interviews. We saw a report about an hour ago from Ian Rappaport. He said that Kellen Moore is still in North Carolina gauging. I don't think I saw outright that he got a second interview. It was weird how it was worded that Kellen Moore is here in Carolina and that they're talking over things or that they did seeking more information. I don't know. We'll, we'll We'll try to get more on that. We do know, though, that Kellen Moore is still in the mix. And I did want to go to the Garage Door Guru text line. Before we play that game, you can text us 704-570-9610. So here are some of the opinions on the coaching search. And from Florida, no, a whole bunch of O's on Kellen Moore. 704 number said. Thanks for listening from Florida. Absolutely. Kellen Moore is like the two. (laughs) Kellen Moore is like the two hanging out at the bar past midnight hoping to get lucky. That's what Kellen Moore is. That's the 704 <laughs> number who wrote that in. Jamie said, no way on Kellen Moore, not as a head coach nor offensive coordinator. 980 number said, Steve Wilkes all damn day. Keep him and keep pounding. Big Cat Dan said, damn it, man, on Kellen Moore. Steve Smith came out and said, hell no to Baker Mayfield. What do we do to bring in Baker Mayfield? Steve Smith said no to Kellen Moore. They bring him in for a second interview. Don't do it, Tep, LOL. Uh, 252 number actually in favor for Kellen Moore. Said Moore, four years of great OC work, player in the league, captain of a powerhouse college team, knows a locker room well. Only question is, what is his staff? So those are some of the opinions on Kellen Moore. Um, I think the question is going to be, who is the staff for everybody involved? That's absolutely going to be a question. Again, feel free to text us, 704-570-9610. All right, the way I want to do this is we have all of the list of the candidates, right? All nine of them. For those at home who don't know the entire list, it is Shane Steichen, Frank Reich, Kellen Moore, Steve Wilkes, Mike Kafka, Sean Payton, Jim Caldwell, Edro Evro, And I believe those are the nine that I just listed. Ken Dorsey, if I didn't mention him as well. So we have nine. I'll go first with the rankings. You got your rankings ready? Wes, got your rankings? Fitty, you got your rankings? Did you want to do this? Sure. There you go. (laughs) We talked about it pre-show. I just didn't know if you were going to do it or not. All right. Number one for me, the least surprise, right? This is the order in which I think are the favorites to get this job. Shane Steichen. I think he might be number one. Because the more opportunities he has to create for himself here in the playoffs, I think the more David Tepper is going to like having a track record of winning, 
being an innovative offensive mind, having worked with two different franchises, and honestly, I really like Shane Steichen as a potential candidate. I think he is the favorite to get the job, in my opinion, right now. Mm. Frank Reich is number two, and I would not have said this had we not had this news come in today. But there's been a lot of buzz about how they were very interested in Frank Reich and about how he impressed in the first interview. And I still think at the end of the day, David Tepper wants to go with an offensive guy. Ben Johnson would have been number one on this list if he was available, but he wasn't. Now he's going back with Detroit. Shane Steichen one, Frank Reich two. Steve Wilkes does come in at number three for me. And it doesn't mean that Steve Wilkes is the third option for David Tepper at this moment in time. I just think that is the likelihood. I think that is who I think ends up getting it with the third best odds in Walker's world of betting. Sean Payton comes in at four because I don't know if Carolina is going to be willing to give up a first or the NFC South tax. And so even if Sean Payton is actually higher on the list for David Tepper than Steve Wilkes is, it comes at a different price. So things get jumbled. Shane Steichen one, Reich two, Wilkes three, Payton four. Kellen, okay, so you're ranking ahead. them, ranking them. Well, well, yes, the likelihood, it's the same. Like, okay. le- surprise level, right? I got you. I just, it's easier to I got you. translate to the yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Kellen Moore comes in at five. Okay. Getting a second interview, I don't think he's going to get the job. But also, we're not hearing anything from Ken Dorsey. Season's over. You would think that you'd get some more interest from Ken, and maybe we just haven't gotten that yet. But still, we haven't, and we have with Kellen Moore. Mike Kafka, seven. Mm-hmm. Kafka's fallen way down on the list as far as possibilities for me. I mean, that, that season over as well. We're just not hearing a lot coming out of that camp right now. So I have Kafka, seven. Jim Caldwell, Edro Evero, they come in at eight and nine. Okay. Evero comes in because he's a defensive-minded guy, and I just don't think that Carolina wants to go that route. Caldwell at number eight because even with there being some reports that they liked the way that interview went, Wes, I'm just not going to buy it. As much as I like Jim Caldwell, as much I, as I think he should get another job as a head coach, I just don't think they're going to go with somebody older that is that experienced, quote-unquote, in the NFL, that isn't one of these new-aged minds that is the hot, sexy thing to do. So give me Caldwell at 8, Evro at 9, to round out the least likelihood to me, the, the surprise level, I would say, and who would get these head coaching jobs. One through nine, Wes, what you got? All right, so for my one, my surprise level where I wouldn't be at all, I have a tie, Steve Wilkes or Sean Payton. I wouldn't be surprised if either one of these guys get the job. In my opinion, that's the two I think it is, even though we got the report this morning. Uh, Shane Steichen, your guy, I have him too. Uh, I wouldn't be very surprised if they got him either. The Eagles and how deep they are and what that offense has done, I would think he would be ideal for what Tepper seems to be looking for. Uh, Three, Frank Reich. And this is all off of the report this morning. I would have had him much higher on the surprise level had I not heard this report. So I'm going to put him three. We know the Panther ties. We know that, you know, he caught kind of a raw deal in Indianapolis. And I think that Tepper feels like if he can get him in here with the right quarterback that he wants, that he can do damage. And and I I don't feel like he ever left, right? Like, maybe he was just underground for a little bit and we weren't talking about him as much because other names were stealing the attention. Right, but this is my damn rankings. You had your chance, okay? Wow. Wow. <laughs> no, I had to mess with you and do that. I wanted to mess with you. No, no, finish up. I did. Okay, all right. There you go. All right, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> then I had a Kafka 4. Even though I don't, the surprise level for me, if he got it, I wouldn't be totally shocked with him because he's just been a hot candidate throughout this whole process. 
Uh, I didn't really have a five. I kind of skipped over five because I didn't have anybody I was mid on, as the kids would say. But uh, Jim Caldwell I have is a six. Uh, I think if he got the job, I would be fairly surprised because to me, I think Wilkes is a younger version of Caldwell. I think they're very similar in a lot of ways, demeanor, different things like that, even though Caldwell does have the offensive background. Uh, Keller Moore, I have a seven, even though with the reports that he's still here, you know, I would still be surprised if he got the job just because of public perception at this point, just the way people are looking at him and the way the Panthers will probably be perceived if they hide him. You see on on some of the uh, top level sports shows, you know, they've been looking very side eye at Mr. Kellen Moore. Number eight, Ken Dorsey, because you just haven't been hearing his name come up a lot in anybody's coaching search. If I have him at eight. And then number nine, Ezero Evero. I would be quite surprised if they got him because, again, that's just a name that you're just not hearing that often. I would be very surprised if he just popped up out of the blue. You're not hearing that the Panthers want him like that or that any other team does as well. What you think, Fiddy? What's your list look like? All right. So mine's actually a little bit different than you guys's. Okay. Uh, number one, I actually, like y'all, moved this up because of the reports. I got Frank Wright one. I, I think he's maybe the most ideal candidate. He's got history with with multiple quarterbacks. I believe that Sam Darnold needs to be the bridge to your next quarterback. Who better than Frank Wright to be the guy to do just that? I'll have, I have Steve Wilkes, too. Because I, I think that, you know, you were talking about, Wes, public perception. I think Dave Tepper knows if if he doesn't give Wilkes this job, he's going to lose a, a, a large portion of the fan base. Give me Sean Payton three because I think he wants to swing for the fences. He wants to do something sexy. Let that broad chest hair just poke out and really just, <laughs> you know, demand a presence with a Super Bowl winning coach like Sean Payton. I got Steichen four. I know what he's doing in Philadelphia is really impressive. He's also got the best or second best roster on that side of the football in the NFC. The other one mm -hmm. is maybe the team that they're playing on Sunday afternoon in Lincoln Financial Field. So give me Steichen four. Um, I'll put Ken Dorsey five, mainly because I want Ken Dorsey here because I want to watch that guy rant and rave on the sidelines. I want to see how many headsets he breaks as an NFL head coach because his <laughs> tirade in the press box was absolutely sensational. Give me Jim Caldwell six because I do think he has enough cachet. I mean, that dude had back-to-back -back winning seasons in Detroit. How many guys can say they had back-to-back -back winning seasons with that uh, losing franchise? Nice. Uh, give me Mike Kafka seven. Um, I, I think Dayball was the, the, the mastermind behind what that team did. You still won nine games with Daniel freaking Jones as your quarterback. You got to be doing something right. Kellen Moore, eight, because if if Dave Tepper hires Kellen Moore, the NFL should fire Dave Tepper, buy the franchise, <laughs> and sell him to somebody else. And then uh, I'll put Evro ninth just because Right. you can't go a defensive mind outside of Steve Wilkes unless you just want to piss off your entire fan base. Well, it doesn't even seem like he was the third. It wasn't even the second choice defensively. It'd be Steve Wilkes or even a D'Amico Ryans. And the logistics were officially reported as to why D'Amico Ryans did not interview with Carolina. But maybe we can get into some more of that later on in the show. A couple people writing in. Uh, Stanford P said, got to be Shane Steichen. So sick of the NFL retread carousel. The NFL is changing. Let's be ahead of the curve is what Stanford P said. I also did want to add some substance to why Kellen Moore could still be here in Carolina. His contract as the Cowboys play caller has expired. 
So this could be uh, interviewing for the OC for uh, Frank Wright as the, the head coach, Steve Wilkes, or whoever. Well, yeah. that's the pairing that would make the most sense as far as why Kellen is still here if he's going to go after the OC job. It would be Steve Wilkes and Kellen Moore teaming up. That would be the reason as to why if you weren't giving Kellen Moore a real shot to get him as the head coach, that would be it. Yeah. Um, Big Cat Dan said Kellen Moore is last as far as getting a head coaching job. And then Carolina Dave said Wes cutting Walker off during his rankings is straight. Wait for it. Fire. Let <laughs> Wes cook. It's his ranking. That's Carolina Dave. Hey, and I want to know from the fans, too, who would they be most surprised by getting hired? Who would they be most surprised by getting hired? And who would they be least surprised from getting hired? Right. So text us again, 704-570-9610. number did write in. Reich as co-head coach. Manages all offense, and and the clock went on the field. And same for Wilkes defensively, never been done before. So maybe we could have both of those guys come in as the head coach of this Carolina Panthers team. That'll do it for our rankings. Let us know what you guys think through the Garage Door Guru text line, and we will read it on the air. We'll move on. We'll talk a little bit more about the Panthers coaching search, but also how far up in the draft does Carolina need to move up to go get a QB? Mel Kuyper released another edition of the ESPN mock draft. We'll get to that in just a moment on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 FM. We're back. Wesson Walker. The Wesson Walker Show, however you want to say it. Wes Bryant on the MIC. And uh, one of my favorite topics to talk about is I love projecting the NFL draft. Mel Kuyper just released his mock draft. And during the break, I was looking around at different mock drafts to see what they had for your Carolina Panthers. But starting things off, Mel Kuyper had three quarterbacks in his top five including Will Levis at five to Seattle. So I beg the question to get this whole thing cracking. Should the Panthers make the move to get to at least five to try and get a quarterback? Walker, what say you? Yeah, if if one of these guys falls to number five, all of a sudden the value to go get a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud changes where you don't have to give up as much to move up to one or two or three, and it seems pretty sensical to go do it. I mean, if CJ Stroud or Bryce young are players that are clearly atop the quarterback class that we think is coming out, right? Will Levis, CJ Stroud, Bryce young, all those guys. And we have those two towards the top. Yeah. Then yeah, I have no problem with moving up to number five. In fact, I would love it. I, the thing that would get me most excited is if Carolina were able to package an, enough of a deal to move up to that specific spot. If young or Stroud is there for the taking and then get their quarterback of the future right now. Because we've debated about this a lot. I think it's probably about a 50-50% chance that we start to have some yelling in this segment. But for me, (laughs) the stance I've always had is it's okay to not take a quarterback in the first round if you don't think Will Levis or Anthony Richardson is the answer, and you don't want to, and C.J. Stroud's gone at two, Bryce Young has gone at three or something like that. But... If you don't, we, we all think that Sam Donald is someone that should not be the franchise QB. Whether you think he could be the bridge guy going into next year, whatever, that's different. I don't know if there's too many people that think Sam Donald is the franchise quarterback. 
But I absolutely would be in favor if Stroud or Bryce Young was there at five. I would love to explore the kind of package it would get it would take to go get one of those QBs, rock and roll with whatever coach, presumably offensive minded. Maybe Steve Wilkes is that guy. But whoever is the head coach, I'd love to have a new QB in place to get the ball rolling. Well, Eric Adam. Uh, at home. At home said on the Kyle Bailey show that the most likely way the Panthers can get a quarterback is through the draft. Fitty play the hits. Probably by moving up. Um, can they get into the, the, the range of where, you know, certainly the, the Colts and Texans are dwelling in that top four? Are they willing to pay that kind of price? And is there, you know, is it necessary to go that high? I mean, that's the other question, too, is that, you know, let's just say for, for argument's sake that um, Will Levis and, and Bryce Young are the first two quarterbacks drafted. I don't know that that's going to be the case, but it wouldn't shock me if it was just based on conversations I've had with people in the, in the draft uh, community. You know, if that's the case and they're both off the board by four, you know, your, your possible jump up, if you feel like C.J. Stroud is your guy, it, it's not going to be that bad. It's, it's going to be doable. Well, like they say, everybody has a price, right? So I don't think it's out of the realm of imagination for the Panthers to be able to move up to get the quarterback they want. Now, I think getting inside that top two to three might be a little difficult, but it's still how much of a price are you willing to pay? Do you find a guy that you covet in this pre-draft process that you are willing to go get? Now, Mel Kuyper had the Panthers taking Anthony Richardson and standing pat at nine we know the physical tools are tantalizing there. He looks like a Cam Newton clone, even though I don't think he's half the passer that Cam Newton was. He's a very streaky guy. But I think that the Panthers should try to move up to get a quarterback if they identify a guy that they feel like they may not be able to get. I think Anthony Richardson will be there at nine for them. But if C.J. Stroud is the guy that you want, or if Will Levis, as we've heard before in this process, that it is a guy that David Tepper is enamored with, then I think you have to go get him because we know how important quarterback is in this league. We see the Final Four. We've seen the teams that were in the NFC Divisional Round. No team there with a bad quarterback. No team there really with an average quarterback. So I think you have to try to swing for the fences, as we talked about with a head coach, go up to get that guy. But what say you to even more elaborate on your first point? Yeah, well, I mean... There's, it's a little bit of a tricky situation because you are right to some extent when a texture writes in, the roster still has quite a bit of flaws to be fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not ready to win the Super Bowl next season. Mm-hmm. I do think there's enough in place with some savvy off seasons that they can get to a place where they can win a playoff game and then move on, right? Like, I think that is within the realm of possibility for the next couple of seasons for Carolina. Which means you can't get rid of all of your draft picks to move up a few slots and select a quarterback, even if that is the most important position in sports. Have you ever heard of the Jimmy Johnson value chart? Do you know yes. what that is? So, so the Jimmy Johnson value chart, for those that don't know, it's the Jimmy Johnson that you're thinking of in the NFL. The yes. NFL GMs have used this for quite a while, and some are a little more addicted to it than others, but basically you have different values, point totals, assigned to these different selections. Mm -hmm. And just to give you an example, the further you go down, the closer the values are together, which makes sense. But it drops pretty rapidly, right? Like, you have 3,000 points assigned to the first overall pick, 2,600 to the second, 2,200 to the third, 18 to the fourth. So you have 400 point increments and then you go down to just a hundred as soon as you get to five, 
meaning that it's not going to take nearly as much to move up to five as it would to even four, even three. And just trying to put that to example and let everybody know because you might, well, all right, what's two different draft picks, right? No, it's actually really huge. The value is very different from five to four to three. So if you can get in that sweet spot where a quarterback actually does fall to number five, then maybe you can play some games with whatever team is there, whether it be, you know, four, five, six, whatever. Maybe you can play enough and give up draft picks but not give up the whole farm in order to get your C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. And if that's a possibility, that would be perfect case scenario for me. If both of those guys are gone, C.J. and Bryce Young, by the third overall pick, then it probably doesn't make as much sense. And you just stay home. You select Will Levis if you think he's the guy, Anthony Richard if he's the guy, or if you don't think those are the franchise QBs, then you draft your defensive player, top weapon, best player available. I think that's the route I would take if I'm Carolina. Yeah, and I think that five is the spot, though, that you can get to because I think the Seahawks are going to be willing to play because Geno Smith, off of the year that he had, he's still young and athletic enough and still viable enough that if he continues to play the way he's playing, he could go another four or five seasons as their quarterback. So I don't know that they're necessarily going to be looking for a guy in that spot. A lot of the mocks do have them taking a quarterback, but I think with what Geno Smith did, it just depends on if they want to pay him what Geno Smith is going to want. But if they are, then I think that that's the spot that you can try to get to. Maybe you can find the guy. Now, a lot of the mocks also have C.J. Stroud going to the Colts at four. So do you want to jump to three with Arizona, who we know is not going to be taking a quarterback? Is that where you want to get to? I think that is the optimum place to get to, especially if the Bears stand pat. But I'm just not sure that the Bears are going to do that. I think the Bears are going to trade out of that spot because they're in too advantageous of a position to do that. I see them, if they stand pat, people have them taking Will Anderson, which would be a great pick, but I think that they could move down get that and still get a boatload of picks. Well, and even mail, I mean, look, we're so early in the process. All of these mock drafts are going to be changing. We're going to get mock draft 14.375 right, right. right before the draft <laughs> happens. And so all of this is going to change. All of this is designed for clicks. And honestly, no shame in the game. I'm here for it. I love mock drafts just to try to figure out all day long. the kind of gauge, right? I think it's all very fun, even if we don't have to take it as gospel. But even with Jalen Carter going number one in this particular mock draft by Mel Kuyper to Chicago, I guarantee you, if you asked 100 NFL draft pundits, maybe, you know, 50% of them would say, oh, yeah, we we expect Chicago to trade out. It's just too hard to do the mock draft process when you account for trades. So very possible that Chicago trades down, especially with them having Justin Fields. You mentioned Arizona. Very possible with them trading down or if they stay put to just draft somebody outside of the quarterback position because they already gave a big old contract to Kyler Murray. And so you're right. I I do think it would be hard for the Colts once again. Now that you changed head coaches, the fact that you've done one quarterback after another every single season, it would be really hard if you're Chris Ballard to defend not drafting a quarterback here at number four. I mean, imagine the message that, that you would have to sell to the fan base and even to your owner. I mean, at some point, Jim Irsay has been pretty patient with Chris Ballard. He's yeah. been there for a, for a while, yeah. and I like a lot of the things that he's done. It's just going to be hard to sell that message to anybody that is a Colts fan saying, all right, well, we're, we're going to take care of quarterback later on. Now, nah, man, you're at number four. Like, now's the time to go ahead and draft that passer. And listen, I know, you know, this is Carolina Panthers all day, every day, but no way if I'm Chicago, man, I'm taking a deep tackle number one. It's just not going to happen. I mean, it's 
That's laughable to me. To You're saying that. going Will Anderson is what you would no, do? No, I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. Or I'm going with that, a, a more, I do like these tackles, but like I said, motor is always a question with those guys. And these Georgia guys, they come out and they don't have a lot of accolades, but then somehow they get all this, 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 this smoke for being such great players. Like Trayvon Walker last year, that still blew my mind that they passed it. They took him over Aiden Hutchinson. But anyway, Betty, we know how you feel about this, but I was coming to you before you were uh, about to try to interrupt there. But uh, what is your oh, thought? All right, man. <laughs> what are your thoughts? We with, both got uh, chastised today. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are your thoughts, Fiddy, with this? We know you said that uh, you don't want this, but um, we're going to check in and see if maybe your opinions change. Should they make a move to at least five to try to get a quarterback? I mean, if they find if they find a guy and they identify a guy that is franchise changing, and I think there's only two guys that fit the mold in that draft, and it's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. If if you fall in love with him. And you want to go and get him? Then absolutely. I, I in, in 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 that mold, I get it. I just don't think if you're waiting at nine, I don't think it makes sense to draft a quarterback at nine. If you trade back, maybe it makes more sense because I feel like we'd we'd be a lot more happy with them drafting Will Levis at seventeenth than ninth, right? No, I would. Yeah, but that's not going to happen. This, I mean, you have Will Levis. A lot. You know, mocks can be crazy wrong sometimes, but it oh, does seem always. Crazy wrong. Oh, yeah. Rather mocks. Top, Listen, ten, top 10 is look where it looks like he'll go. I would ask you two guys, and this is something that I feel like is a quirk with me personally. Does it change the perception of a quarterback for you when they don't go in the top five or yes. the top three? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was thinking the same thing. When you see a guy go at like eight, nine, ten, you're like, eh, how good are you if you weren't? that coveted guy where you went in the top three? Yeah, I don't know. I'm like that too. It, it, it almost. I don't know if it has either effect on me, whether a guy drops or is taken ahead of schedule, because we saw this with Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. And while Daniel Jones has been, he had his best year by far this season under good coaching. When they selected him six overall, I thought that was still way high. I didn't second guess myself and think, oh, wait, now they see something I don't. Now I'm really interested. I still thought that wasn't a very smart pick and I would have waited. You know, like, so if there's a quarterback that, for instance, I'll tell you this, just as far as the football stuff goes, right? We know about all of the sexual assault and misconduct allegations mm -hmm. towards Deshaun Watson that proved to be a very, very, um, you know, uh, you know, a, a case that we didn't want Deshaun Watson here for Carolina. But when we talk about Deshaun coming out of Clemson, Deshaun was awesome. And I wanted him higher than a lot of these other QBs that came out of that draft. And yet he fell to, what was it, like 13, 12, something like that. Pat Mahomes is drafted ahead of him. But I thought he should have been a top five pick. And certainly I would have drafted Deshaun Watson over Mitchell Trubisky. But Trubisky was the second overall pick in that draft. And I scratched my head. I never understood it. So I don't know if it really throws me off all that much. And you look at like a guy like Kenny Pickett, who I thought his branding – kind of hurt him as well. I thought Kenny Pickett had the type of season that if he was at an SEC school or if he was at a Bama or a Clemson, that he would have gone top two or three. But it, 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 I am like Fitty where I'm quirky, and I'm like, man, you know, if a guy doesn't – it's something just about that 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 shine you get when you go in the top two or three that says that you are just coveted. Guys mm -hmm. just want you, and when you go – especially – and it's even worse with guys that go like in the bottom of the first round. Like, but I think like, look, Johnny Lamar, Manziel. Yeah, but then look, Lamar Jackson went at the bottom of the first round and, and look what he turned into. So it's very interesting. Do you guys have any faith in Anthony Richardson 
being a difference maker if the Panthers did stay there and pick him at nine? Because a lot of mocks have the Panthers linked to him as well. I mean, yes. I to ask me if I have any faith. Yes, I, I absolutely have some faith. It's it's really risky. I mean, you're talking about somebody that has all of the tools and the talent is amazing, and doesn't have the polish and didn't have the production that we wanted from him. But you look at somebody like Josh Allen, and that's the mold you go to, right? Somebody that has all of the tools, that wasn't all that great at Wyoming. Of course, the supporting cast isn't going to be great around him. And so maybe that's an argument you want to make in favor of Josh Allen, where you can't really make that as much with what Anthony Richardson had at Florida. But to me, you're starting to see more and more, in my opinion, some of these Terminator-style QBs coming into the league. And all you need is accuracy. You need the the film study to go up, right? And those quarterbacks start to hit after a couple of seasons. And so the fact that we've seen that a little more, I, I know we differed on this during draft time, but a lot of people were out on Justin Herbert, despite him having the Terminator type of athletic profile. Well, these guys are starting to build offenses around what they did in college. Right. So Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. The college game has been infiltrating the NFL for quite some time. Yeah. And whether it be Kyler Murray, who has an excellent arm, but is also shorter than every other QB in the NFL, yeah. or whether it be one of these you know, specimens at the QB spot, we have seen tools work a lot better as they learn the NFL game, I think more so than in years past, where I would have wanted to take the more polished guy, right? And so to me, yeah, Anthony Richardson would be – a worthwhile pick, in my opinion. Throw the dart. This is all this is. We see mock drafts wrong all the time. We see real drafts wrong all the time. All you can do is have as many bites at the apple as possible. Throw as many darts as you can to see if you can hit bullseye. But you got to throw it. You got to have a bite at the apple in order to hit and have that thing tasting good. And so, so I would be just fine with drafting Anthony Richardson. Well, I don't want fast Logan Thomas as our quarterback, so I'm going to say no on that. And I said did you our say, quarterback. Did you say fat Logan Thomas? Fast Logan Thomas. Not only did he say fast, <laughs> fast did you Thomas. say our quarterback? Yeah, that's what I said. I take that back. I walk that back. Oh, so, no, um, no. Come on, come on, come on, Wes. Yeah. But, there hey, you listen. go. Go ahead. And, dude, listen. I'm a Cowboy fan, and I say we sometimes when talking about the Panthers. Oh. It's okay. Listen, <laughs> I, did, I did my dog dirty yesterday, so I got to make sure he gets his time to shine. It's time for that fitty flash. Flash. Walker, I want you to introduce my flashes the way Wes just did because that was uh, – what did he say? He just said, my man, fit, you know, you know, my dog got to give him his time. Let me get to my man, Fitty. You just gonna be like, hey, Fitty, what's your flash today? Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> yeah, I almost want to take us to break right now, but go ahead. I'll, I'll give my dog some time. How about that? Um, some interesting news came out last night from the NBA. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but we're we're less than a month away from the NBA All-Star game. And nobody knows what the actual full rosters are going to be for the All-Star game. The starters, I think, will be announced next week. But the captains will then fill out their rosters live on television about a half hour, hour before the teams take the floor in the uh, for the All-Star game. They're adding some new flavor. They're trying to, you know, make this event a lot more... You know, exciting than what it has been in years past. I think some of the recent changes have made it a lot more interesting to watch with the captains. And you've got the um, oh, oh, what's what's the rule that they that they they, they go by in the fourth quarter? Uh, uh, some about the elam ending. Yeah, yeah, they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the elam ending. What do you guys think about this though? Where they're going to live pick the the reserves 
half hour, hour before the game actually is played. Yeah, uh, and, and what, what's the time frame and, and how, when we know the actual roster to when they're going to pick? Do we know the time frame in between their announcement? So as long as you have a little bit of time for the announcement, I, I would like to sit so we can, as radio professionals, mm-hmm. talk about who got jobbed, who didn't, and do the fodder, the normal fodder that you might have for NBA All-Star selections. But I love it. I love the playground style of picking players. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Uh, like you said, it's hearkening back to the playground when you're out there. Give me this guy. Give me that guy. But it's going to be interesting to see who is the first guy picked, who is the last guy picked. You think the NFL could look at the way the NBA does their All-Star weekend and how they do their All-Star game to maybe if they were ever to revive the actual Pro Bowl game itself, or is that thing like my love life just dead in the water? <laughs> now, if I answer this, then it, be, then it seems like I'm being a jerk to your love life. No, I don't think there's a way that you can ad- uh, adapt or adopt the style, right? I just think that's the way football is. It's too hard. You, you're, you're trying to make a game that is usually played at 100% where everybody is flying all across the field. You're trying to make that just as entertaining when nobody cares and nobody is trying to tackle where you could still have dunks and nobody care and it'd be exciting. I don't think there's a way to uh, adopt that same type of philosophy during Pro Bowl weekend. Yeah, I think that's a wrap just like this segment is. Come on back for more. Wesson Walker on WFNZ 92.7 FM. school dance party that's when this was hidden i don't want to call you old again i've done that like <laughs> maybe a handful of times since we started this show but with this was more was it college yeah. a little after right no, no <laughs> i just called you old again when was your college years i always get it mixed up because the transfer thing 2001 through 2005 01 to 05 mm-hmm. and you went to florida in 99 no, I went to Florida in 2000. Okay, 2000. Okay, gotcha. I just wanted to make sure because I thought we had... Well, he had a transfer year, so you're talking about a little bit more. Because you're sitting out. Don't look at me like that. I know I'm not good at math, but with the transfer year, you have more. I mean, you added two extra years, though. He didn't leave for the NFL. <laughs> so it makes more sense when you transfer. I don't know if you know this, Fiddy, but you couldn't just transfer back in the day and then play that same year. You that's had to how, wait a little bit. That's how it should be. Um, do you really think that? Yes. No, I no, I don't. Okay. I, I I used to. Now that was really strong. You could sense the conversation. It came happening. out May fourth, two thousand four. That song came out in 04. That album came out in two thousand four. Uh, so that was even before I was in. That was before I was in middle school. Then. Yeah. So that was college. So this is like this is like fifth grade for me. Fifth grade dance party where everybody just stands in the corner and doesn't really dance. Ah, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so that what, was at least for Claremont. What was everybody's high school dance song? Because for me, it was the wobble. The wobble. How old is that? Yeah, I mean, Soldier Boy was was huge. Yeah, that was big for me in middle school. So that was eighth grade to ninth grade for me, maybe even seventh grade to be honest with you. But Soldier Boy was was absolutely huge. That was the dance. That was the song everybody was moving to. What about you, Wes? I'm trying to think. I'm looking now at the top songs of 2001, and I'm trying to see. Um, I mean, what a party yet? That was a big song by. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that was a big song. Um, 
Yeah, text us, 704-570-9610. What is a song that you remember dancing to, whether it be a middle school dance party, whether it be a high school dance, the prom? What was the song that was playing the number one that got people on the dance floor? 704-570-9610. You got anything else, Wes, besides Jagged Edge? Uh, no, there's some good ones. Uh, I'm Real with J-Lo and Ja Rule. Oh, yeah. Uh, all for You, Janet Jackson. Brown Mamba put <laughs> one, Brown Mamba, put in Juvenile. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hit em up style, Blue Cantrails. A lot of it. Wasn't me, Shaggy. Uh-huh. Yeah, Shaggy was great, too. Stanford P put Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. And then Ride With Me, Nelly. I would. I might say that was... When Country Grammar like came out, I mean, yeah. When Country Grammar came out, that was huge. I remember that was also around the time, I, I think I'm right on this. Now, that's what I call music. Three came out. Mm-hmm. I remember my sister getting that CD, and th- that was one. Now, there's like a hundred of them. Now that's what I call music. Yeah, I slept on Nelly when that song came out because I thought it was very sing-songy until I found it out was, what the huh? lyrics said. Well, I mean, yes, but it's still sing-songy. And then when I got the album, like the album, well, my quarterback had it and mm-hmm. it was dope and then I went and got it. Hey, that's when I became a fan. DJ Skinner putting in the Humpty Dance. Yeah, R.I.P. Shock G. Absolutely. Putting in the Humpty Dance there. And uh, how somebody else wrote it. How about no one gives a damn about this topic? All right, well, we got some. <laughs> we got <laughs> some people. Yeah. We got some people yeah. writing in. How about Colin Hoggard writing in Tootsie Roll. That's a great one. Oh, yeah. Colin putting in Tootsie Roll, man. I'd like to see. We should all That's pick a our song. Dance. I thought it was just a snack. Oh, no. no. It's Tootsie a song, Roll too. Big. Let me see that Tootsie Roll. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> now I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, Lil John, especially, too. Nick from Belmont writing that in. We'll get to some of the other mentions. I, I did want to talk about this, though, because we just got a tweet from Benjamin Albright about Shane Steichen. Kind of looks like he's out if you subscribe to Benjamin uh, Benjamin Albright Mm. and this news uh, being true. He said that right now he heard last night Steichen's interview did not go as hoped with Carolina and that the Panthers have pivoted. Reich interviewed well and Wilkes waits in the wings. Those are the words of one NFL insider, Benjamin Albright. So an hour after we did our rankings, how I thought Shane Steichen (laughs) might be the favorite Benjamin Albright is putting out there, no, they've actually pivoted if this all holds to be true. Now, I would be sad about this as a Panthers fan because if you're a fan, you want all of the top candidates in your mind to still be available and then you choose from the pool that is there. Steve Wilkes, Frank Reich, Shane Steichen, I was interested in all of them. And Shane Steichen, as I've talked about before, I've really kind of made a case for him the last couple of years or last couple of days. If Steve Wilkes wasn't going to get the job, I I would hate for him not to be a part of this process because I liked him a lot more than the other offensive coordinators, the other candidates, period. And if this is true, then I think you're missing out on a really talented ad at head coach. I mean, and I think about, too, like, how do these guys mess up the interviews? Like, did Mm -hmm. they come in and their personality, the vibes aren't right? Like, what, what? constitutes them coming in and not having a great interview do you not like, like the answers they give like different things like that but yeah um i think he may be a guy that may be suffering a little bit as well maybe from his head coach you know sirianni is an offensive guy and i think that maybe some people might be pointing to what's happening with that team as giving sirianni uh, a lot of credit as fitty did to uh, i forget which candidate he said that he thought was a byproduct of his off uh his head coach kafka, kafka? yeah so he could be suffering from a little bit of that. Uh, but I think that's interesting. Like I said, I had him second as far as surprise level just because of the Eagles' success mainly. 
So now that we know he's out of the equation, it seems like we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, if Shane Steichen had a bad interview, yeah, you know, you do wonder what went wrong in that interview process right. because <laughs> the, the the only reason that. I had Shane Steichen number one is because they were still waiting for a while. And even if they had not mentioned him, I thought maybe the reason it was quiet is because he's still in the postseason and he's still someone that is trying to prep for this next game that they have a pretty important one. As you try to move on to the Super Bowl, is, is there any fear in waiting too long for Steichen? Because if, if you don't get out in front of this and you might lose your second option, if you don't get Steichen, he chooses another franchise. How much do you think that's at play for Carolina where, all right, we like Steichen. He might choose one of these other vacancies because of whatever reason, maybe he wants Bryce Young. So he goes to Houston and tries to secure the top quarterback spot, whatever, you know, whatever other team, how much do you think that's at play with them kind of turning against Steichen? That could be because I wouldn't put it past the guy to tank an interview to come in and be like, oh, I really don't want to go here, but I'm going <laughs> to Why do even this. show up though? This is true, but um, yeah, and I just said I wouldn't put it past anybody. But uh, I think that that is a shrewd uh, thought if the Panthers are thinking that way because he could come out. He's a coveted guy as well. He could come out and not even choose it. Maybe they have some intel. Uh, maybe they had a little birdie that told them that he doesn't really want to come there. He's got his eyes on other vacancies or staying in Philadelphia. Who knows? So you can never tell. Oh, you also got to factor in. You have a compressed football calendar now with the Super Bowl the second week of february the combines now the first weekend in march how much time would he have to put together the staff that he wants and then meet with scott fitterer the, you know the the all the college scouts and stuff like that to figure out you know what are they going to the combine to look for i i think that's what it is is that like if, if they make the super bowl when when are you going to be able to have them in your building well he'll be able to get started on sunday night so <laughs> if, if they had Sunday the same, night after they win the Super Bowl or Sunday night after they, you no, know. He'll be able to get started Sunday night after he starts to get some heat from what happened against the Niners. If, if you had the confidence level that Wes has in San Francisco, maybe you would just go ahead and make this move. All right, we'll just wait for you to lose. <laughs> Although that would be, be a damning statement. We'll just wait for the guy we want to hire to lose real quick, yeah. and then we'll, we'll swoop in and get the OC to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. We have one more hour to go. I do want to read some of these songs and some of these artists that people were listening to at their middle school and high school get dance. Get freak on Missy Elliott. That's a great one. We'll get to more. Wes and Walker Sports Radio, WFNZ.